0: This is the Let's Do It Better podcast, bringing you all the tips, tricks and science behind how you can do business and life better. Don't do more, do it better. We're starting in three, two, one. Johnny Cass, we are back with another episode of the Let's Do It Better podcast. And this is a bit of a beast today, this one.
1: Dave Morris, always great to be back in the studio with my friend, and of course, a great big welcome to all our listeners.
0: And this is about the real truth on how to make your team even better. What a great topic! What an absolute great topic!
1: Absolutely. This is going to be a good one. Now, Dave, how often do we hear it from our business owners and entrepreneurs that we work with when it comes to their team? They always say to us, you know, I love my team. I know I need my team, but man, oh man, that could be damn exhausting.
0: Yeah. And the other thing that we get asked is this, why don't my team do what I need them to do when I need them to do it? You know, not just the stuff that I ask them to do, but that stuff that it's so obvious. Why do they miss things?
1: Yeah, 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 or how often do we hear people say, you know, I just wish my employees cared more? Like they're they're always coming at me for a pay rise or they're hitting me up for some time off. They're always take, 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 take. Why do they always want something from me?
0: Now, we're not trying to talk down about your team, right? Your team's probably doing really well. They're a bunch of great people, but you know as their leader that there's a little bit more inside of them that you really just want to bring out. So today, we're talking about how do we motivate people to perform without it always being about money. What do you think, Johnny?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be really looking at, you know, the real truth about how to make your team even better. And now the interesting thing is it's not always what you think. So, Dave, let's jump on it Let's do it. So, Dave, why don't we start with... How do we get our team performing at their best?
0: Okay, so this is something that we hear all the time from business owners, every single different type of business owner. So this could be that business owner that they're just young, they've started out, you know. This could even apply to family leaders like mums and dads, whoever it is, or, you know, this is those 15, 20 years I've been in business, I know everything, and... They always ask us the same thing. How do I get my team doing what I want them to and performing at their best? So let's close that gap between what people are told, what actually works and why it works. And you know what? It's not what you think.
1: All right. This is going to be super exciting. Now, here's the interesting thing. There are two things happening here. On the surface, there's... KPIs, there's job descriptions and there's making sure that everybody sticks to their lanes. Now, if you haven't got that in place, that is business 101. Like every business needs to have a vision of where they're going in three years time, two years time, 12 months time. And we know that the employee to perform at their best needs to have those quarterly targets broken down to their monthly targets, their weekly tasks and their daily activities leading to that bigger vision of where the business is going. This is Business 101, but we're talking about much more than that.
0: The issue is that most business owners, they stop there. They get told, set the KPIs, set the targets, and that's what you need for a high-performing team. But you need to look at what's happening under the surface to help achieve those KPIs and those targets. Otherwise, you'll only ever have those superficial short-term results. This is something that I saw when I was running a business. We were doing around $15 million a month in revenue. We had over 100 staff and we got there by doing exactly this, understanding what was happening under the surface. And we are going to unpack that a little bit later on in this episode. But what I want to say now is if you want to make your team be better, it's going to be a lot harder if you don't know what's happening under the surface, because you'll always be having to maintain results rather than have these results... And And these people in your team that are self-generating and that are growing without you having to push them along every single step of the way.
1: Mm, Interesting, interesting stuff. That's because when you really want your team to hit those goals, at the end of the day, what we're talking about, Dave, is a motivated team. Now, let's just pause there for a second and talk about the word motivation, all right? So Dave, motivation is not this fluffy thing where we play some loud music and do some high fives and everyone gets in the mood, right? It's not about that at all. In fact, as a business owner, the last thing you want to do is have to always motivate your team. That's what you're paying them for.
0: Yeah, and let's be honest, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting having to motivate people all the time. And the reason that we tend to do that is the way that we think and the way that we've been taught about motivation, it's wrong. It doesn't need any of that stuff. Now, I love a bit of loud music and some fist bumps and less high five. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm into it. Let's do it. But what we actually need to understand is what's happening inside us. So on a neurological level, motivation, it comes down to these chemicals inside our body being released by neurotransmitters. That's what's really happening. Oh, oh, a, a neurotransmitter,
1: Dan? Down- like a neurotransmitter. What the What's
0: that? <laughs> okay. Very, very simply, right? We've got neurons that control our brain. They control our nervous system. So this is like how we think and how we feel. So neurotransmitters, these are these chemical messengers that your neurons send out to tell you how to think and to tell you how to act. So, you know, think of these like um, like an email, right? It gets sent back and forth and it tells you what to do. Think of it very, very loosely like an email, but in the body, we've got these neurotransmitters sending these messages around like dopamine. We know dopamine, that chemical that makes us feel good. Like serotonin, we know that. It stabilizes our mood. So for us to be motivated, we have a few different neurotransmitters all working together or sending out different emails, and they're all coming together to explain all the different aspects that we need to know, like, what's the risk here? What's the reward for me? And all of this comes together to help us make a decision on whether or not we're going to take action. That's it. That's motivation.
1: Right, so in essence, what we're saying is, so if we want our team to be better, which is what this is all about, we ultimately need to motivate the right people in the right way that works for them. Otherwise, they won't think that the reward is worth the risk And so the decision they will make is not to act. And we also know that, as I just said, people are motivated differently because, believe it or not, in every organisation, we have different employees. And those employees typically fall into one of two categories. And those categories are known as X workers or as Y workers.
0: We explained that using something called McGregor's Theory X and Theory Y of motivation, which explains the X workers and the Y workers.
1: Ooh, that's very (laughs) fancy, Dave very fancy. So fancy today, (laughs) mate.
0: Well, what that tells us though, is that there's these X type of workers and those X workers, we really assume that they come to work to collect a paycheck and then go home. That's really it. Now, Y workers, we assume that those employees love their work. They're passionate about what they do. Now, here's the interesting part. Whether you have an X or a Y type worker really comes down to how you show up as a leader. Now, we'll get into that a little bit more later. The important thing to know right now is within your business, you are going to have both. And that means that you need to understand and accept that you're going to have both. And you need to know how to motivate both because you can't motivate them the same way.
1: Now, here's the interesting thing is that I know a lot of business owners, they don't want to believe this, but typically most workers in your organizations are ex-workers. In other words, they're simply there for the paycheck, right? That's just the reality of it. Now, there's also two things that matter most to them, and those two things are money and security. Now, by the way, this is not just my opinion. That is what research actually tells us. Now, Remember, we also said at the start of this podcast that this is the real truth about how to make your team better. And one of the real truths is, is that most of your teams are simply there for a paycheck. And unless you take the effort to transform them into a Y worker, they will always be an X worker and you'll always be frustrated at them being an X worker. And we're going to talk about how to transform them a little bit later on.
0: And one of the things that we get wrong here is like for our X type workers, we always try and align our employees to our vision and to our mission as an entrepreneur. And that doesn't really work for X type workers because when it comes down to motivation, what they really look at is how easy is the task or how big is the reward? And that's really what motivates people to complete it that are these X-type workers. So to increase motivation, you need to either reduce the perceived difficulty of the task or increase the perceived reward from the task. The vision and mission, it's not going to help you here.
1: Yeah, now that's uh, really interesting. Let's give a perfect example of something that we hear quite often. We hear a lot of business owners. In fact, I was just talking to a client of ours the other day. He was really frustrated by one of his employees because they had quite a few deadlines that they were trying to hit and people need to stay back late at night time and a couple of the guys didn't want to stay back. And if you look at it from this point of view, it's because the risk versus the reward ratio wasn't working for them. They had personal relationships and their partners were basically saying, look, if you keep working back, I don't know if this relationship is going to work out.
0: That's right. They're worried about their paycheck and the security of their job. That's why they were there. Now, when we look at Y-type employees, the mission and the vision, they're great to get these guys fired up and passionate about, but... That is not enough on its own because even Y type people, they get bored, they get disengaged. So you need to keep them growing and developing. If you keep them in the same role, they're not going to be happy forever because part of their motivation is challenges and learning new skills. So even those Y type workers, we still need to keep driving them forward and pointing them in the direction that's going to keep them engaged.
1: All right. Now, this is so insightful. So here's what I'd like you to do. If you're listening to this right now, I'd like you to take a moment to think about who are the X and the Y employees in your business and maybe identify why you're feeling some frustration because they're an X person and you're hoping them to be a Y person. And also ask yourself, who out of the X do you think you could potentially nurture and turn into a Y type of a person? So, you know, Just have a bit of a think about the X's and the Y's on your team.
0: Now, the thing here is we're not saying that X-type workers are bad, right? What we're saying is you need to know who your X's are and who your Y's are so that you can motivate them properly. Now, when I was running the business, we're doing $15 million a month in revenue. I had 26 frontline sales staff. Now, these were all really engaged people. They lifted each other up. They helped each other when other people weren't hitting their targets. They loved our clients. They knew our mission. They're excited about it. But these guys were still, and girls, they were still X-type workers, right? They were still motivated by money. They wanted the cash, baby. Give me the money, baby. (laughs) Now, I had people in other departments who weren't. They were Y-type workers that cared about the work that they did. So they loved attending training courses and learning new things. And that's what kept them engaged.
1: Look, if you're always wanting workers to be why, then quite frankly, you guys are going to end up being frustrated, which brings us, I guess, to the next question. Something that we hear a lot as well is, so how do I get my team doing what I want them to do? This is all really great information, but how do I get my team to do what I want them to do?
0: Okay. So let's shift gears a little bit here, right? Because we know there's different types. Now, how do we as a business leader get those different types to take actions? Well, Actions are triggered by three things, either intentions, incentives, or intrinsic motivation. Now, let me say that again. Actions are either triggered by intentions, incentives, or intrinsic motivation. Now, these often get confused or they all get piled into one. So let's just lay out what they are. Intentions that's when somebody wants to achieve the outcome and they're willing to achieve that outcome. A really simple example of this is somebody who wants to make money. So they turn up Monday to Friday and they do their nine to five and they do the job that they're paid for.
1: Mm, Interesting. Now, incentives. I mean, we all know incentives at the end of the day, they have a multitude of different angles to them. There can be financial incentives, gift cards, television, holidays, whatever it might be. Now, the intrinsic motivation is different again. So what do I mean by? that this is when somebody is naturally curious about something and they're interested in it so they don't need a reward to want to be challenged by and they actually want new skills because they're more interested in new skills rather than an extrinsic incentive
0: and this is where we as business owners potentially have our greatest leveraging in finding those people in your organization that we can shift from an x over to a y because it's those Y type workers that we want right they're intrinsically motivated they're the ones who don't need the rewards to get things done they just do things because they're passionate we don't have to keep going money 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 with them
1: now, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure there might be a little part of you that's going, oh, hang on a minute. You know, I'm busy enough as it is. I've got other things to be thinking about. The problem with that is you really need to begin to identify these X workers and Y-workers because the reality is you have a lot of untapped talent in your pool of people So we want to make our team even better. And so we need to find what really motivates those intrinsic motivations for our employees. Yeah.
0: And we know that by its very nature... You can't develop intrinsic motivation in someone, right? It's intrinsic motivation. It's in somebody. It's inside them. It's theirs. It's not yours. Now, the good news is there's been a lot of research come out over the past four to five years that have shown us that intrinsic motivation is strongly linked to a growth mindset. We spoke about this a lot in the last episode. Now, what this means for you as a leader is while you can't develop that intrinsic motivation for somebody, you can develop a growth mindset in your employees. This is the point that I was making earlier about the importance of how you show up as a leader, right? Because what you can do to help them is to develop that growth mindset and to create that intrinsic motivation by adopting either a charismatic or a transformational leadership style. And we're going to get into what each of those are in just a minute.
1: All right. I'm loving that. I'm excited about that. Now, talking about leadership styles, we hear a lot these days about having an authentic leadership style. So an authentic leadership style is somebody who has a clear vision, is able to bring people around to their way of thinking. And, you know, we think that authentic leadership is great, but the truth is authentic leadership is actually limiting. And let me tell you why authentic leadership is limiting because at the end of the day, it's all about you usually my favorite subject, right? It's all about you. But now we're not saying that authentic leadership doesn't work because it does. What we are saying is that authentic leadership has been proven to be less effective than transformational and charismatic leadership styles. We're all about getting our team to do better, and we are on the Let's Do It Better podcast, so let's do it better, Dave.
0: Okay, and so let's talk about the differences because this is a great point. Now, we look at authentic leaders, and they've got a clear purpose. They've got clear values, and they've got clear goals, and they achieve those goals through discipline and by building relationships that they need to succeed, right? So it's very much built around them and what they need, whereas charismatic and transformational leaders... While they also have a clear vision, they're very determined, but they put a much bigger focus on being participative, on good communication, on active listening, on confidence, and also tolerance for failure and having trust in their team and having a talent for actually expanding the mindset in others. And they are very, very open to new ideas. So, That's a lot more going on. And the key thing here is we're not asking you to be less. We're not asking you to change who you are. We're telling you it's time to turn on those other aspects of your leadership style that will lead to a better performing team.
1: Yeah, I love it. Now, again, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, this just sounds too hard. My team should be able to motivate themselves. Why do I have to think about turning up as a charismatic leader or a transformational leader as opposed to an authentic leader? Look, the bottom line is, if you want something to be different, you've got to be different. You need to change in order for things to change.
0: Yeah. Now, I just want to add one final piece here because a lot of what we're talking about is how to transform the team that you've got. But this is just as relevant for you if you're looking to hire somebody. So when you're recruiting, you need to be having these discussions throughout that recruitment process that let you know if this person's an X or a Y type so that when somebody gets on the bus, you already know exactly what you need to do as a leader to motivate them.
1: All right. Now, Dave, this is all well and good, but we know that ultimately business owners, they just want their employees to do them what you tell them to do. You know, I expect them to show up and do their job. They're not meeting deadlines. They're not getting things done in a timely manner. You know, I don't want to incentivize them. They're always thinking of themselves. I have to drive them. They turn up at nine. They finish at five. They don't go above and beyond. This is my business. Like, it's my way or the highway. I don't want to have to remind them of things. I don't want to have to do all of that stuff.
0: Yeah, that's fair. And look, I get it. I get that. It's a very, very real life thing, right? And we're all about how does this work in the real world? So the thing that you still need to remember with that is we only get people to take action through intentions, incentives, or intrinsic motivation. So the truth behind it is while we will never convert everybody over to a Y-type worker, the way that you lead has a major influence over whether they are an X-type worker or a Y-type worker. So if you're thinking, I'm not going to do all that stuff, right? I just want them to turn up and it's my way or the highway. And we hear this a lot. You are falling into this category of an authoritarian leadership style. And authoritarian leaders, they typically have x style workers. Now, Again, this is an effective leadership style. And Johnny, we know people who go their whole careers, very successful careers, might I add, being these authoritarian type leaders, right? We all know these people. Some of them, are hugely successful. So it does get a result. What I'm saying is there's a better way to do it. Because in this authoritarian style of leader, we often get these actions through hardline stances using things like coercion, using threats, using intimidation. And that's been proven to not be as effective long-term as that transformational or as that charismatic leadership style. And what the research shows us now is that this authoritarian style of leadership is only really effective short-term and in short little bursts. And that's only when we balance it out with other... The leadership styles like transformational or charismatic leadership?
1: I remember reading a great book by Daniel Pink. That's who it was, Daniel Pink. And the name of the book was called Drive. It's all about motivating and engaging employees. And in that book, he says that if you're a controlling leadership style, it leads to compliance. So you have very compliant employees. But autonomy leads to engagement. So I guess the ultimate question as the business owner, you need to ask yourself is, do you want a compliant team that just does what you want them to do? Or do you want an engaged team? And autonomy leads to engagement.
0: And before you answer that, you need to consider this. Compliance, it requires ongoing maintenance, whereas engagement is self-servicing. It feeds itself. So the real question is, what type of business do do you want? Because if you're authoritarian, you'll develop X type workers. And if you develop X type workers, you can't expect them to behave like a Y type worker without you as the business owner, as the leader, putting in the effort to make them change from that X into that Y. And you know, this is like those questions of, all right, well, when do I give them a pay rise? Why Don't I give them a pie raise? What's a big enough incentive? And like you said before, Johnny, I'm already paying these guys. I pay them to turn up and do their job. I can't afford incentives on the top of that. And like, why do I have to? These are all really real questions that we need to answer as business owners.
1: Absolutely. And, And this is what happens in businesses every day. We see many business owners who feel like they get trapped. They feel like they get taken advantage of and walked all over in some instances. And those business owners... Some of them are not paying themselves enough because they've had to pay out bonuses or they think they've had to pay out these incentives. And in some cases, the business owner becomes the least paid employee in the business. And fundamentally, they're turning unhappy at work and being a charismatic or a transformational leader is the last thing on their mind. Yeah.
0: And we've all been there, right? We've all had those sleepless nights where where you know, how am I going to pay wages this week? And that's not the point of any of this. You should never get yourself into that position where you're getting stressed out about wages. The point of this is to really understand what drives your team as individuals, as humans. So, when we talk about intentions and incentives and intrinsic motivation, a lot of people tend to think about this as just money, but it's not just money. You've got to understand and then remember that money is just a facilitator that we use to satisfy those basic human needs of things like connection, of belonging, of safety.
1: So, look, the long story is if you can't afford to pay them, an incentive or anything like that, the very least that you could do is, let's be honest, treat them like a human being rather than a cog in a machine. And you do that by doing everything we've already said today. And if you just start there, you'll be surprised at what a difference that makes to your business and your organization. Remember, that's all about how you turn up for them as that charismatic or that transformational leader.
0: Okay, so how do we do this? Now, how do we do this? How do we get this done? Now, there's three steps here to make your team even better. And it all revolves around having a monthly one-on-one with your team members. You should be doing this. If you're not doing this, it's time to start doing it. Now, the first thing that you need to do before we even get to that stage is be honest with yourself and decide what kind of business are you actually genuinely motivated to build? Which one are you going to put the effort in to build an X type organization or a Y type organization?
1: Yeah, so when we say be honest with yourself, that's about whether you see the value of reward in building a Y type of an organization, you know, because it does require some effort on your part to build it. But ultimately, it's going to come down to you and how you show up to make that transformation. And if you don't want to make the time or the commit to the energy long term, that's totally fine. Then you will predominantly only have an X type of a business, predominantly only attract X type of employees and ask yourself if that's the business you want to invest your time and energy into building. But if you want a Y business, then you need to make the commitment and put the effort in.
0: Yeah. Okay. So when we get through all of that, the next thing is, and this is really the anchor for this action plan, have a conversation with your employees every single month to understand if they're an X or if they're a Y. Now, When you know that you need to have that conversation with your team to find out if they're an X or a Y and that conversation, it needs to be around goals, not just your goals, not just the business goals, but their goals as well. What are you actually looking for to know if they're an X or a Y? Well, X workers, they don't really look for responsibility. They don't really like change. And you've usually got to guide them through every step, lay out the path for them. They lack initiative, right? Whereas Y workers, they're the opposite. They'll genuinely be interested in things. They'll come up with their own ideas or they'll want to be involved in things and they'll seek out that responsibility. So it's your job to be able to tell the difference between an X and a Y and not just what you want them to be, what you're hoping they are, but what they actually are. So when we know that, the next thing is you need to turn up as the leader that they need so that you can build the business that you want.
1: Yeah. Love all of that. And I also think to add to that is, you know, just take a moment to be honest with yourself or reflect however you want to say it and ask yourself, how are you turning up? Are you turning up as that authoritarian leader and where are you doing that? Again, we're not necessarily saying that one is, well, we are, we're saying that transformational and charismatic is better. Are you being too authoritarian? Are you being too much of an authentic leader? And where do you need to just start to amplify those other parts of your leadership skills as well? Remember that transformational leadership and charismatic leadership is about being participative. It's about having good open communication, which includes active listening, being confident, but yet at the same time being tolerant of failure and most importantly, being open to new ideas.
0: Yes, and where we want to get to is we want to build this culture of honesty, of safety and belonging so that we're never really having hard conversations. We're just having honest conversations. And that always comes down to you taking the time to reflect on your leadership style and asking yourself, am I happy with how I'm leading or do I want to change? Absolutely. All right, Johnny, that is a lot to get through today. We are almost out of time, but... Hey, it wouldn't be an episode without a Johnny's Mindset moment. What have you got for us today?
1: Oh, of course, of course. So remember today we were talking about, you know, the real truth about how to make your team even better. So we know it's all about team. So today I thought I'd share with you a quote from the very inspirational Helen Keller, who was blind and deaf and then went on to do some amazing things, including creating Braille so that blind people could read. And I love this quote. I think it's really relevant today. The quote is, alone with we can do so little, together we can do so much.
0: Oh, that's a great one. What? Can you do that one again? What is it? Say it. Alone we can...
1: Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Now, we know that, you know, for businesses to thrive, you need a team. And a team and you as the business owner need to work synergistically together to help each other flourish and thrive and go out there and do business better.
0: I love that. And we are going to tell you exactly how to get that done next episode, which is all about setting and achieving goals because, hey, love them or loathe them. They do work. (laughs) Now, we're going to be telling you that there is a better way to goal setting than what you've been taught in the last 10 years. We're going to be talking about how to set those goals that are making you money and not costing you money and how to focus your limited time on those high impact goals by setting cascading goals so that everybody in your organization is achieving goals that fuel each other. We're going to take goal setting to another level next episode, Johnny. That's our goal. What do you say?
1: Super excited. Can't wait to be back in the studio.
0: Well, until then, I'm Dave Morris.
1: I'm Johnny Cass.
0: What are you waiting for? Go out there and do it better. Bye now.